save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Star Wars 7x7 episode 1891 today. Well, we talked about this happening and it actually has happened. The fall TV movie preview from Entertainment Weekly has come out and yes indeed, there is a feature on The Mandalorian in it and we're talking about all the details right here. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode and James Hibbard is the gentleman who has taken over for Anthony Bresnikan in reporting from the Star Wars Galaxy for the currently somewhat inaccurately <laughs> named Entertainment Weekly, seeing as how the publication is now on a monthly basis and the website has always been more than daily, but <laughs> being that as it may, the feature on The Mandalorian has not only come with new photos, but has also come with new information on the characters in The Mandalorian. So we'll start with IG-11, who is voiced by Taika Waititi, the director of Thor Ragnarok. He has said that IG-11 and finding the voice for the character, he kind of settled on something in between Siri and HAL 9000 and talked about the character being innocent and naive and direct and not having any ability for sarcasm or for lying, and yet that in itself is of course going to present comedic opportunities naturally. As far as Cara Dune, who's being played by Gina Carano, well we know that she is a former rebel shock trooper and that she is you know, dealing with the aftermath of a war and that informs her character. What we didn't necessarily see confirmed previously is that she is now a mercenary, that is her job, if you will, in this new Star Wars galaxy. And initially I thought, upon reading that, that she might be part of Grief Karga's Bounty Hunters Guild, the guild being run by Carl Weathers, but it doesn't seem like that's the case. As part of this feature, she says that she's hiding out on a planet and comes across the Mandalorian and thinks that the Mandalorian is there to take her in, and their relationship escalates from there. The thinks in that makes me think that he's actually there to do something else. And there is a new image, or one of the new images in the article that's been released shows the two of them squaring up to fight together against some foe. And another photo from the feature shows the Mandalorian and Cara Dune on a porch just hanging out along with a woman who we saw in that teaser released at D23. She's the one who's in the water holding a child and there's no further explanation given about that character at all. As for our headline character, the Mandalorian, we find out that they're viewing Pedro Pascal as sort of a dark hero. He is somebody who wants to do the right thing, but that isn't necessarily possible all of the time. It may be at odds with his own survival. It may be at odds with the work that he has to do. This is a rather unforgiving and harsh world in which he finds himself, and so his choices might be very difficult, and his morals might be compromised from 
time to time, this is at least the picture that we're getting of it. And it's consistent with the picture that we've been given of it all along. Also, one thing that you and I have talked about on the show previously has now been confirmed. And yes, I'm being very particular in my use of that. The question of whether Pedro Pascal's Mandalorian was in fact Mandalorian, or if he is just somebody who grabs Mandalorian armor and is walking around in that, no. Jon Favreau has confirmed that Pedro Pascal is in fact a Mandalorian, and part of what will happen in the show is that there will be an exploration of the culture of the Mandalorian too. This is all going to be woven in to the story. There is one element, though, that's being reported that uh, I'm not entirely sure I agree with, or maybe it's just not clear based on the stuff I've read so far. So I'm going to talk about that particular aspect of things after the break. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Constant Contact, the premier email marketing solution for small businesses and organizations. I've used their service since 2003, and over the past decade and a half, I've watched them evolve, make the product simpler, more powerful, easy to use, and do everything that they can to help train people to use the product more effectively and for it to work with other forms of marketing like social media, for example. So. Check out sw7x7.com slash email to learn more about Constant Contact and start a free trial. Once again, that is sw7x7.com slash email for a free trial. Welcome back. So the thing that's getting reported about The Mandalorian that I'm just not quite sure about is the suggestion that the origins of the First Order are going to be explored in The Mandalorian. So the reason why I'm reading this and thinking to myself, oh, I don't know about that, is that the article gives quotes from Dave Filoni and Jon Favreau about the state of the galaxy and about how, you know, just because the good guys won, that doesn't mean everything just becomes all hunky-dory. It doesn't become a good guy universe, as Dave Filoni puts it. There is still a lot of wild, uncharted territory, and this harsh outer rim atmosphere is where the Mandalorian has to operate. Jon Favreau added a note about that in relation to the First Order, saying, you know, the First Order, when we see them in The Force Awakens, they aren't just starting out, they are fully equipped and ready to go. That doesn't just happen overnight. And they're using the idea that the galaxy didn't just change to be a good guy galaxy automatically in the intervening time in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, and that that is sort of the explanation for why things are the way they are in The Mandalorian. But I don't think you can necessarily jump to the conclusion that it will ultimately go into detail about the First Order. And there's nothing that's presented in the article where they say directly, yeah, and you might see something about the First Order, wink, wink. Uh, yeah, it just feels like it's being used more as a reason for why things didn't suddenly just become good and why there's an opportunity for people like the First Order to ultimately come about by the time The Force Awakens comes around. But this is still taking place pretty far away from the events of The Force Awakens. It's certainly much closer to the Return of the Jedi time space by comparison. And The First Order isn't really getting going very strongly until Claudia Gray's bloodline, which is six years before The Force Awakens. And you know that they've done some stuff before that, obviously. But I think, yeah, it just so far the evidence just isn't swaying me that we're going to get anything First Order specific in The Mandalorian. But 
I could certainly be proven wrong. And if you want to take issue with that, then by all means, let me know in comments wherever you catch this or at home base for the show at SW7x7.com. And that is going to do it for today's episode of the show. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademarks and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.